Hey everybody and happy July. I'm getting this out a week late because things just happen around life. Um, and for those of you watching on YouTube, yes, I am filming in my car. Um, today is a day of doctor's appointments for the baby. And so I had about 30 minutes of downtime, which I figured would be excellent recording time. Um, this topic for um, the second of the month podcast is going to be talking about the ADA here in the United States, how that um, little bit of information about that and what Disability Pride Month is which I've been doing some research this year to kind of know a little bit more and I'm excited to share with you my findings. So hope you guys are ready. Welcome to the CRAB podcast here at Children Raised Around the Blind. We have two goals. Our first goal is to help those living with the blind to understand them better and to help children through the difficulties that come from living with a blind parent. Secondly, we want to spread awareness of the blind community. Here on the podcast, we will share the things that blind people can do and ways the sighted world can include them in everyday life. Join us twice a month to learn about the visually impaired community. Okay, everybody, welcome to the podcast. Like I said earlier, we are going to be discussing um, Disability Pride Month. So um, I heard about it a couple years ago and was kind of not all that interested, but just because of the name, honestly. And um, it just, you know, what is it? How is it? A lot of people post a lot of stuff. So um the more, though, I researched, I realized, you know what, this is actually a pretty good thing. So July is actually called Disability Pride Month. And the reason for that is um, the purpose of the month is just to talk about disabilities, you know, not just blindness, but across the board to have a platform to discuss what it is like to be someone who has a disability and to talk about ways they're overcoming that, ways they're advocating for themselves, to make the outside world understand some of the issues, and to know that, yes, here in the United States, we have what's called the ADA, the Americans with Disability Act, and that will celebrate its 33rd year um, here at the end of the week on the 28th of July. But as much as it's great and it took, you know, decades for us to get to that point, we're not done. We are not finished. There is always more work, especially now with technology and, um, you know, accessibility features that you would think, oh, yeah, you know, we got everything covered. We're good. No, no, no. We are moving so fast right now that um, sometimes we're missing some of the basic things. Um, I even think about some of the uh, wheelchair accessible things that, yeah, you have to have a ramp and your doors have to be able to do certain things, but there's still a lot of handicap accessibility for wheelchair people that is still not up to par. It is not doing what it should be doing. Um, it is nowhere close to what we would like to see for being included, inclusivity. And um, I always view things through the lens, you know, of 
visual impairment and blindness. And that's something that's overlooked frequently. Um, It's not, I don't think, done on purpose, but it is definitely something that is not, does not have a lot of awareness brought to it. So I um, ran into an article on Forbes that was, um, came out in June and it was just talking about, you know, what is the role of the general public when we talk about the Disability Pride Month and what is, what is it for? So um, it talks about, you know, we're celebrating our community. It's taking pride in your identity as somebody who has a disability. A lot of times, especially if you're um, newer to the community, you you may be ashamed, or you may say, you know, I don't even know what I can do. Can can I can I live on my own? Um, you know, can I ever use a washer again? Can I cook? All of these questions. It's also a just really Pride Month as a way to reflect back on the strides we've taken as a society. The um, disability movement started really with the civil rights movement in the 60s and 70s. But if you think about it, even if we you know, say mid-60s, that people started really advocating for the rights of disabled people, um, including transportation. It included things like um, you know job equality, being able to travel, being able to do so many things, and yet um, it took till 1990 to pass a law, and that law is still, you know, changing and growing. There's been things added since we got the internet. There's always things that need tightening, some things that may need changing, Um, so it's not perfect. It's not complete. There's always more work to do. There's more reason to see, you know, disabled people presented in different ways. I know there's a couple different um, people who are visually impaired in the fashion industry now. That's a hard industry to get into. And you say, why is that important? Well, one, they're putting braille on clothing because if you can't see what color something is, it'd be nice to know what it, you know, what color it is, what shade it is. Um, Being able to shop independently. There's a lot um, there. There's a lot of roles being done by um played and acted in Hollywood and various things they don't go to a person with that disability and say hey can you play this role no they find somebody who is not disabled and put them in a wheelchair or give them a white cane and say here you're going to um you're going to play this role and that's a disservice to those in the disability community who could play that role who are capable of helping with some of that. I mean, I used to pick so bad on a lot of shows that would portray a blind person. And I'm like, that's not how they do it. They don't just stare into the blankness or have their eyes closed all the time. Instead of reaching out to a, you know, a community of blind people, an organization and saying, hey, is there anyone who may want to learn? Or, you know, maybe they can use that person or that organization to do their research on it. You know, is this possible? I mean, one show that I really liked how well they showed the truthfulness of blindness is um, Covert Fairs. Yes. Um, Because the guy in there, like, he's using his computer. He's using his cane. He's walking correctly. He's His mannerisms, the way he's moving his body. 
He's acting like a normal person, not just a stick that is just staring off into the into the stars like, okay, I'm blind and I'm just going to pretend that like everything's really awkward. Um, so a disability pride month just really has a lot to do with bringing awareness to the community, doing what we do, what I do here at CRAB, what my passion is and advocating, you know, where are the gaps? Let's talk about where those gaps are for each disability community. Let's talk about how that works. Let's talk about the autism community that, you know, they need quiet spaces. They need the ability to, you know, know what's happening in advance if you, if you're able to, you know, you have people in wheelchairs. Well, they don't need to go to the backside of a building to get to the ramp. No, they should be able to go on the front door like everyone else. Um, Same with the blindness community. I mean, I had to fill out another form this week for my mom because all of the medical resources, healthcare groups, whatever you want to call them, they're third parties that they use to do their, you know, inlet information. It used to be paper patient information, but now it's all, let's do it all online. All these companies are selling these great, you know, we're going to be really great here and streamline all of your information. So your patients just go online and fill out this form. Yeah, except for those who are visually impaired, who need a screen reader, or those who, you know, are low vision and need to use Zoom text. Yeah, it's not accessible. It doesn't work. It doesn't function. And um, that may be great for 70% of the population, 80% of the population maybe, but that's not for us. And our job is to advocate for ourselves. And I know we've uh, I've done some... Uh, things on advocating in the past and how important that is but what what I want to end with here is you know what do you what do you do as a regular person you say it's disability pride month I'm seeing all these posts I see you know people talking about employment I see issues what where does that put me you know how do I come into that and my first thing is um, pay attention (laughs) you know I'm glad you're reading and I'm glad you're seeing pay attention to it and the second one is find a way to help, whether that's getting involved in the organizations, whether that's state or national or a local chapter, um, get involved in an organization that's helping a disability group or people that you feel are being underserved. You know, get to be part of the, the conversation. Be there, be part of what's going on. Um, I think is one of the the most important things. And then also look, look around your place, you know, what, where you go, what you do, what you rub shoulders with and find if there's ways you can advocate for those people or make those changes yourself. So my free course that I have, um, especially the first one on how do, how do you just basic, how do you interact with a blind person? How do you, how do you do that? And some of the tips I give are just things, if you do this in your everyday life, it'll make it so much easier because you never know when you'll run into somebody who is blind or visually impaired. And a lot of people that you look at who actually have vision loss don't act like it. They don't walk around with a white cane. They don't have a guide dog. And you could be that person that opens up the world to them that they've never had that door open before. Things such as if you're giving directions to somebody using left and right, you're not, well, over there around the corner, 
okay, over where around the corner. Um, things like paying attention where you've set up, you know, things in the walk. Are there things in the walkway grocery stores are driving me crazy right now because they're putting all these little stands either off the shelf or down the middle of the aisle. Like our frozen aisle has three rolling racks down the middle of it. If I was trying to navigate a cart with low vision, I would be running those things over and it would be driving me crazy because I'm not anticipating turning the corner on my frozen food aisle and having something in the middle. So think about accessibility. Think about people who may not have the greatest of vision. It may look like a glob, but how far away is that glob? They may not have distance judgment. And then just, just be kind. If you have somebody approach you who you may not look, look at them, may not see a disability. Or you say, well, I don't know why they're all up, you know, in arms. Take their comments personally. Take them up the la- the ladder. Take them up to leadership and say, hey, you know, I had somebody approach me with this question. What can we do? How can we help this individual or this disability group? What are ways we can do things? And I will tell you that it's a whole lot easier if you go ahead and make those changes and you start those conversations and you have those things going because disability community has almost an underground network and they'll tell their friends and then they'll tell their friends and then their friends will tell their friends and you unknowingly could be doing something that you didn't even think about was needed and it spreads so I'll give you an example we've been working with UGA in Athens, Georgia, about the need for dementia testing to be non-visual. Right now, 50 to 70% of the tests for memory loss, mild cognitive impairment diagnoses, are visual. And I had worked with a very large hospital, I will not call them out here at this moment, but a very large hospital in Atlanta who is supposed to be one of the leading hospitals for these types of things and went to them with my mom and was told, well, you know, all of this stuff is, you know, it's visual. We can do what we can um, for parts of it, but we can't make any adjustments. So I, I went up the chain of command. Like I went to the top doctor and wrote an email and I still have it. I'm saving it because one day it's going to come back to bite them. But right now, it's just sitting there because I don't have, don't have that fight in me. And the email response back when I complained to them and told them, well, this is an ADA, you should be making it compliant. They said, well, we don't have the people or time or students to make it that way. So we're sorry, we just can't help. Well, we worked with UGA and they were able to, I think all but two of the tests. So it's like 10 or 12 different things that they're testing for only two that they really truly couldn't test um with mom and some of it they did they had to so instead of pictures they had tactile objects they had things for her to touch and say you know hey what is this can you describe this to me um and so i'm mean, gonna one of the things was a, a plastic rose so she could say it's a flower you know, and they could, I don't know what all questions I wasn't in there for, but something that would have been, you know, most people know what a flower feels like, or at least can make a guess. And those types of things that 
yeah, they had to work a little harder. We gave them like two and a half months, three months to work and figure out what would, how to do it. Thankfully, the um, psychologist that we were working with, he's worked with the VA with a lot of vision loss patients before. So he had some familiarity, wasn't all new, but those types of things, just advocating. And right now, apparently we, my mom had been contacted because she mentioned it at a national convention and that particular doctor may be getting some sort of recognition because people were shocked. Most of them in that room had been told they could not get diagnosed with any sort of memory issues because the tests were not accessible for them because they would not take that time. So why is Disability Pride Month important? Because these are the things that need to be talked about. And if we can take a month and share the struggles and talk about what's going on, I think we can make a difference. And that's what we're here to do. One baby step. I'm not saying we're going to change the whole world. We're going to change the whole medical industry. Nothing. I'm not a big, I mean, I am a big person (laughs) with big dreams, but let's start with just our local community. What is something in your community you can do? What is something your local clubs in your community can do for people who have disabilities? Maybe it's getting your hands dirty and making a ramp at a person's house. Maybe it's, you know, including them in decisions and maybe saying, hey, this person, yeah, they're in a wheelchair or maybe, you know, they have some other disability, but they'd be great for city council in a local position. Open your eyes to the fact that disabled people can do life and open your hearts to let them do and strive. And if you know somebody who's disabled and maybe they're newly disabled or they're struggling, find heroes for them. There's so many people telling their stories online and bloggers and things like that. Share those positive stories because it makes a difference. Um, Quick story, and then I'll get off my podcast soapbox. And um, I got reached out to by somebody who is a friend of someone newly blind. And the newly blind lady also has a teenage daughter. And they were just saying they had no resources. They didn't know where to go, where to turn. These are the things that are going on. So I gave them some of the things that I knew, got them in contact with people above me. And they were just so thankful. Like, I just want, we want our family and this person and her family, we want, we want to know that they, that they can do this. You know, they're newly blind and they don't know anybody else. That's, that's why we're here. That's why I do this and hope to grow this into thousands and thousands of people and followers because we need to know that it's possible, that blind people have children, that blind people can have jobs, that they can work, that they can live a life with meaning and love every single moment of it. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast and I will talk to you later. Bye.